Crossroad International Church podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm chapter 46. Today we're going to talk about be still and know. Be still and know. Psalm 46. And I'll get to reading it in just a minute. But according to Barnes notes, this psalm was called Luther's psalm. Martin Luther loved this psalm. And it says, whenever things started going bad during the Reformation, when people were being persecuted and things were all going haywire, he would get all of the leadership of the Reformation together and he'd say, okay, come together, let's sing Psalm 46. And then W.R. Thompson in his commentary says that Psalm 46, Psalm 47, and Psalm 48 make up a trilogy of deliverance from the national enemies. So those three psalms go together. And all of them talk about the great things that God did delivering their people. So in this psalm, in verses 1 through 9, we see a picture of God. The first thing we see that God is with us in verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength. And in verse 7, And the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And verse 11, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I've got good news for you today. God is with us. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's with you. Amen. The second thing we see here is we do not need to be afraid regardless of the circumstances. Verses 2 through 6. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters roar and are troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. We do not have to be afraid, regardless of the circumstances you're going to or where you find, what situation you find yourself in, because God is with you. The end of verse 1 says, And he is a very present help 
in the time of need in some translations, in the time of trouble in other translations. God is with us and he's an ever-present help when we need him. And do not be afraid. Fear is the opposite of faith. And then another picture of God we see in verses 8 and 9, it says, come and see. It says, come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolation in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth and he breaks the bow and cuts the spears in two and he burns the chariots in fire. The reason they were able to understand that God was with them and that they didn't have to fear in the situations is the psalmist here says, come and see what God has done. Most Bible commentators believe that this psalm was written about the um, deliverance of Hezekiah in Israel during the invasion of Sennacherib where they, Hezekiah just prayed and said, God, there's nothing I can do. I give up. It's over. But God, we depend on you. And God slew the enemy for them. God did the work. Verse 10, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. What does that mean? It means no anxiety. Our spirit is to be calm, confiding, trustful state of mind in view of the display of the divine presence and power of God. That's from Barnes' notes. Be still. Absence of anxiety, worry. We need to be... Um, my, my stepmom was a worrier. And if she didn't have anything to worry about, she was worried because she didn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> I hope none of you are like that. But you, how many of you know people that are worriers like that? <laughs> Don't punch your spouse. <laughs> but this says, be not anxious. This be still. There's no anxiety. We're calm. We're confident when we're trustful. And then the second part, know that I am God. For time immemorial, there is evidence of the inborn longing of the human soul to know God. And here is a bold assertion that it is possible to know him. There is a longing and a hunger in the human heart to know God. And here the psalmist says it is possible. However, the assertion is not made on philosophical grounds. It is based on observable evidence that convinced those who sang this psalm that God is active in the affairs of man. So how do you know God? 
Come and see. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said about this psalm. He said, Be still and know that I am God. Hold off your hands, you enemies. So he's talking to the enemies of Israel. Hold off your hands. Be still and know that I am God. Don't get involved because God's going to take care of you. Sit down and wait in patience, you believers. So this psalm is to the nation. It's to the individual believer. And it's also to a song sung to the enemies. Acknowledge that Jehovah is God. Ye who feel the terrors of his wrath. Adore him and him only. Those who partake of his grace. Doesn't matter where you find yourself. You can know God. Now kind of to get to the heart of the message. Why do we find it difficult to be still before God? Number one is we're too busy. C.S. Lewis said, the moment you wake up each morning, all of your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists of shoving it all back and listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that stronger, quieter life flow through you. We're sometimes just too busy. Especially here in Kuwait, you're working sometimes 10, 12, 14 hours a day, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. You've got the kids doing school and you've got this and that and things are just too busy. I heard a story of a young man. He was a very um, well-to-do young executive for a big corporation in America and he was driving through the streets of Chicago on his way to work in his brand new, less than a week old, Jaguar XKE. I had to look that up online. I didn't know, but it's one of the top of the line Jags. I mean, it was shiny, black, brand new. This was what his life revolved around because he was this yuppie, on the way up the ladder, here's his status symbol. He's got his jag. He's driving down the street, and he sees a kid laying on the side of the road and another kid flagging him, and he keeps driving, and wham, a brick gets thrown right into the side of his brand-new jag. He slams on the brakes, puts it in reverse, backs up, jumps out of the car, grabs a kid that threw the brick and threw him up against the car and says, what did you do? It's going to cost thousands to fix my car. And the kid said, sir, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But my brother has fallen out of his wheelchair and I can't get him back in. And nobody will stop. Would you please help me? And so the guy, you know, he feels real bad now. He stops gets out, gets the kid in his wheelchair, walks him home, helps the little brother get his big brother in the house, comes back, looks at his Jaguar with different eyes, and he never got the door fixed. He said he wanted it as a reminder that it didn't take a brick 
to get him to stop to help somebody. So, how many times are we just too busy? There's a man laying on the side of the road. He's on his way to Jericho. A priest comes by, probably on his way to the synagogue to give his message, goes around the other way because he's too busy doing God's work to stop. And then a Levite comes by, and he actually goes over and looks at the guy, but he's too busy as well. But a Samaritan comes by, takes time, it's not too busy, helps the man. And Jesus says, which one of these was a true neighbor to the man? So I want to encourage you, don't be too busy. Sometimes we're not still because it's a foreign concept. It's not what we are used to. We're used to noise all the time. Especially living in a city like Kuwait City, there's noise 24-7. We've got three construction sites around our apartment. There's noise all the time. And it's hard for us to be still. Now, last week I told you to put your feet under the chair. So do it again this week because I may step on some toes here. How many of you have to have noise all the time. You're by yourself, so you turn the radio on, or you turn the TV on, or you get in the car and you turn the radio on, because you have to have constant noise in the background. Take some time to just be still. Be quiet. It's okay. Quietness sometimes is wonderful. And then the third thing is we want to control our lives. Why aren't we still? Because I want to be in control. Now, I know none of you have this problem. I do. I like to control my life. So sometimes I stay busy, and I don't have time just to sit in God's presence and listen to Him, because sometimes I'm afraid that if I do... He will tell me to do something that I might not be comfortable with. Like, love your neighbor. You know, and all of these things. And then sometimes it's not because I'm afraid of what he's going to say. Sometimes I stay busy so that he doesn't ask me the question that I don't want to give an answer to. Like, why did you blow your horn at that guy before he took off at the red light? Why did you cut that person off so that you could get to the, you know, just questions like that. Sometimes I don't want to have to answer those questions, so I stay busy and do all of these things. So that's the negative side. Here comes the positive. So what do we do? Or what do we need to do to be still and know God? The first one, a good American phrase, chill out. So if you don't know what that means, relax. Sit down. Be still literally means take your hands off 
and relax. But we like to be hands-on people and manage our own lives. But God is God, and we are just his servants. Now, don't be like I remember one time in elementary school. I was bad. I don't remember what I had done. But I wouldn't sit still. And so the teacher took me to the principal's office. And she took me and sat me in front of his office, and I could see through the glass wall, the principal's desk was there. And she put me in the chair, and she got right in my face, and she said, sit here and be still till the principal calls you. Now, I sat there and didn't move a muscle. Because if you heard my testimony some time back about my first day of school, my father was my bus driver. And my father told me when we arrived at school, sit here till all the other kids are gone. And so they did. And I sat there and my dad took me by the hand and he walked me into this same office and put me in front of the same desk with the same principal sitting on the other side who was a friend. And he said, Joe, if this boy does anything wrong, I want you to whip him, and I want you to leave a mark on him, and I want you to tell me, because when he gets home, I'm going to put one right beside every one you put on him. And then he looked at me, and he said, boy, do you understand? Yes, sir. Okay, you can go to school. That was first day, first grade. This is like two or three years later, same school, same principal, and now going through my mind is that conversation that my dad had with this guy several years ago. And I am there, and I am sitting as still as a rock, but I wasn't relaxed. You understand? I mean, inside it was just, you know, grinding because I knew what was coming and then I knew what was going to happen when I got home and it wasn't a good story. That's not what I'm talking about here, okay? What I'm talking about here is just remembering that God is our heavenly father and the Bible says that God delights in us and God's desire is to spend time with us. Isaiah 40 and verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. For God to do that for us, we first must be still. Relax, chill out, slow down. Life's wonderful. Second thing is listen. In his devotional book, My Utmost for His, High, his Highest, Oswald Chambers says, get into the habit of saying, speak, Lord, and life will become a romance. Every time circumstances press in on you, speak, Lord, and make time to listen. 1 Kings 19.12 says, Elijah did not hear the word of God in the wind, remember? He didn't hear God's voice in the earthquake. He didn't hear God's voice in the fire. 
He heard God's voice in a still, small voice. I want to challenge you this month. I'm going to tell you a feature on your phone that probably most of you don't know exists. There is an off button. <laughs> Try it sometime this week. Turn it off for an hour. And spend that time reading your Bible and praying. Then when you get the withdrawal symptoms and, you know, you quit shaking and everything when you turn it back on. Then the next time, do it, try to do it for two hours. Sometimes I have had people say, oh, pastor, I tried to get a hold of you, but I couldn't. That's because sometimes it's turned off. Look at your neighbor and say, there's an off button on your phone. Learn how to use it. <laughs> and then the last thing to know God and to be still is we have to remember. Take time to remember the good things that God has done for you. Exodus 13 and 3 says, Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For Jehovah brought you out from this place that the, by the strength of his hand. I want to challenge you something else. Do a word study sometime and go through the whole Bible and look for every place it says, Remember. And look at the things we are supposed to remember. And then look at the things that it says, forget not. Like Moses challenged the people of Israel, forget not when you come into a land that you didn't own before. When you eat crops you didn't plant and you live in homes that you didn't build, remember God brought you there. There's something about remembering what God has done for us. Think back a couple of years to some situation that you faced that you thought was astronomical and this was the end. And what did God do for you? Now, it seems like nothing. Because, oh, that was so far in the past. Well, guess what? The God that did that is the same God with you today and is the same God that will be with you tomorrow when you face something else. Some final words, three scripture. Exodus 14, 13 to 14. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Whatever you're going through today, do not be afraid. Be still and know that he is God. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord at his hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. The scripture says, be careful what you set before your eyes. And I just want to, again, reiterate and encourage you during this month, take more time and spend it in his word and in prayer. If you're fasting, take the time that you would normally eat, read the word, and pray. And then lastly, Psalm 9, 10. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So I encourage you over this next month, take time just to be still before God. I know we're back in the rat race of work and back in the rat race of school and everything that, has, that life brings before us here in Kuwait. But I want to encourage you, try to take some time just to be still and know that He is God. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you and we thank you for this time. We ask your blessings upon your word that, Father, you would be with us that you would help us just to calm ourselves, spend time in your presence, that we may know that you are God. And Father, as we concentrate over this next month of prayer and fasting and in this Be Still series, we just ask that you would help us just to be still. Shut out the things of the world get untied from all of our electronics and things that keep us so occupied. And just to spend time to get to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen.